Uh, welcome, everybody. Thanks, Rich, for being here. The Baseball Hall of Fame and what makes it special. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Southern Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsey.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Rich, you've been to Cooperstown. I've been to Cooperstown. It's James Fenimore Cooper. It's Americana. It's the quintessential American sport, I think. But the Baseball Hall of Fame is even more special than that? I, I don't know if it's more special, but just like why there are more sports card collectors in Houston than in the Dallas area, granted with the Rangers winning and Luca doing so well, Dallas and the fact Kyle Robertson runs such a great show, Dallas is coming on strong, is that Houston had a 10-year head start on Major League Baseball, 62. The Baseball Hall of Fame has their first induction in 1936 and their first ceremony in 1939, supposedly the 100th anniversary of baseball. The Football Hall of Fame is 63. The Basketball Hall of Fame is about the same time. Hockey's been around a long time, but it's not as important of a sport. So baseball also has a huge head start in terms of being the Hall of Fame. So it had a generation before the other sports come in, and people could relate to the people in the Hall of Fame. They can't always relate to the people in the Hall of Fame, and especially nowadays, and no insult to some of the great linemen elected to the Hall of Fame in recent years. For example, like Kevin Maway, who was a great offensive lineman for the Jets. Are his cards really collectible? Yeah. T. Dawson, when he got the, the Hall of Fame, I don't think Beckett raised the price on the card. They're a quarter. Granted, it's 89 Pro Set, but still, you have guys that have absolutely no real collecting value in the Football Hall of Fame. Basketball Hall of Fame, because of some of what they're doing, and rightly, because ba the Basketball Hall of Fame is all-encompassing, you're getting foreign players in. Some of the foreign players are famous, but some, like Cerullus Marcelonius, not so much. At one point, his rookie card in the Beckett OPG was still a dime for one of his three cards. Rookie card of a Hall of Famer for a dime is pretty good. Name me a Baseball Hall of Famer that would be a dime. Junk wax thing going on there. And not only that, baseball had a, about a 50-year head start in the, yeah. in the sport. I agree. They're more relatable. And in football, what is Kevin Mayway's uh, batting average? Oh, wait, he doesn't have one. Now, he could have graded out 9 out of 10 on his blocking assignments. But there's not a, a QB rating for offensive or defensive linemen. But they know who's good. And you can look at their salary and know that they, they must be really good. But it's positional. I think baseball is less of uh, pundits talk about we don't have enough shortstops. Or you want to compare uh, Jeff Kent to the other second basemen that are already in. And then they want to criticize Joe Maurer because many of the games he played, he was at first base or DH or something, but he really only caught for five, six, seven years. And so don't compare him just to the catchers. And so there's a positional aspect of baseball that doesn't translate as well to football or basketball. Now, basketball, you've got points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, things like that. But football is problematic. And I probably regard football as second behind the baseball. I think basketball is really cool. I've been to all those Hall of Fames, but hockey is really cool. But baseball has a special aura to it. I think you're right. You're stepping back in time when you go to Cooperstown. And nowadays, we track the Hall of Fame voting. Ryan Thibodeau and his team have what they call a Hall of Fame vote tracker. And you can see how the ballots are doing. Every ballot is now a public ballot. You can't hide behind me anymore. Your ballot is out there. You want to be a Hall of Fame voter? Your vote's going to show up at some point. You can't just hide and say, I only vote for Tory Hunter. Not that anybody hopefully did that, but you can't just hide and say, my vote's a secret. Your vote comes out. 
I don't think the other sports have such public voting either. Corey Hunter was a great player, but not a Hall of Famer. He has right. some local ties. And he was good for a long time, but not a Hall of Famer. I believe in the smaller Hall of Fame concept, but it's too late. The Hall of Fame has gotten big. There's people in there. They were all really good players. But I believe as a Ted Lasso fan, the concept of relegation, if you're at the bottom 10%, then you ought to challenge in or be challenged out. And I think there's a lot of that in the Hall of Fame instead of it's not practical, but you were to say, hey, you know what? We're going to add five people to the Hall of Fame, baseball, football, basketball, whatever. And they're going to take the place, maybe leave the busts in there or something, but put them over in a different room that these are the guys that just were a Hall of Famer for a while. Again, not practical, but are we going to have 500 people in the Baseball Hall of Fame in 20 years? It's probably still going to be under 500 people. I think they're in the 300s now. And that would mean you'd have to have about six people a year get in. And baseball, other than special situations, like when they did the final big Negro League push in, now if a Negro Leaguer gets in, it'll be once every few years. So I don't think we're going to have 500 people in the Hall of Fame in our lifetime. Okay, but 400. When you and I were getting started, I'm a little older than you, but you totally knew who was in the Hall of Fame. It was 150 or 200 or something like that. And it's just really grown. And the quality... Seems like it's been diluted, probably all of them. But still, your thesis is that to be a baseball Hall of Famer is a bigger deal to a person than being a football Hall of Famer or a basketball Hall of Famer. I think it has more impact on the collecting market than the other sports. If you're a really great basketball player, you're going to be prices if you're a Hall of Famer already. It's obvious who the best players are. There may be some dividing line, but Luka Doncic is well on a way to his Hall of Fame. He had those 73 points the other night. He followed up with a 45-point game. It's not like he's a one-game flash in the pan. Luka is well on his way. Jokic in Denver, he's a Hall of Famer. There's a lot of guys who's Hall of Famers. I- I'll argue that Russell Westbrook, who, are- who averaged a triple-double for a season, he's a Hall of Famer. He was great for many years. There's enough guys that you see their body at work. You go, they're Hall of Famers in basketball. Football is a little trickier, as we pointed out about the linemen, but you can usually tell with the skilled players who's a Hall of Famer. The only skilled player right now that I was shocked did not make it the last time was Devin Hester, who is probably the greatest returner of all time. He should have been first ballot, no questions asked. Making him wait to a second ballot made no sense to me. But other than a case like that, you have a pretty good idea with the eye test. You and I talked many years, and I didn't think Thurman Munson was a Hall of Famer. To me, he's about an inch under the line, but in your Hall of Fame, he probably gets in as the bottom 10%. Not the bottom 10%. I'm saying that if you let him challenge in against Roger Bresnahan, Roger's out. Yes, agreed. Okay. Maybe even Gabby Hartnett. I just threw the catchers and I'm going to try to think maybe even Ernie Lombardi. And not that those weren't really good players. The other relegation, Rich, is the Baseball Writers Association of America. A lot of those guys and perhaps gals are getting a little older. They know what they saw in their peak period. And when they're looking at the ballots, there's some ballots, I think, that are either mean-spirited or not ignorant. But I, I, I just think just because you were a Baseball Writers Association of America guy for 10 years, I think that's the minimum qualification. I, I think you got to pass a test. To the BBWAA's credit, they have evolved. You don't have to be a book or a magazine or writer anymore. You can be an online writer. A lot of those online writers are younger. They're more tech savvy. They're more intuitive about, we'll call it 
modern favorite metrics. Modern metrics. And so I think they're doing a better job nowadays than the veterans' job about who they're letting in because they actually are paying attention. You brought up Joe Maurer. He may have only had six great years, I'll argue, but there was a time where you thought he might be the best player in baseball. Sandy Koufax only had six great years or five and a half great years. Nobody argued that Sandy Koufax should not be a Hall of Famer. He won 165 games in his career. Granted, today, if you win 165 games in your career, you're probably in the top 10 active pitcher ranks. I'm just saying I'd be relegating the bottom 10% of the voters, putting in some new ones. And in the Hall of Fame, if you were doing relegation, some of these guys. But if you're doing the six-year rule, Dale Murphy's looking pretty good. Roger Maris is looking really good. Albert Bell is probably in the six-year rule. But okay, here's another point. I think baseball has, with very rare exceptions, the 10-year minimum. They want 10. I think there was one kind of exception. They let Addy Joss in because he got sick and basically died. died. He pitched for one game the year he died, and that was sufficient for the 10th year. In reality, Addy Joss played like nine and a half years. But they found a way to get him in. There's a couple other guys like that. Munson only has 11 years in the majors. Munson's 69 to 79. Do you think baseball gets any additional mystique or credit or blame for the Shoeless Joe, the Pete Rose, the Clemens and Bonds and McGuire and that kind of stuff, that it's controversial that these guys who in those cases were first ballot Hall of Famers based on their work uh, between the lines. But I think the biggest and that issue is, is Barry Bonds. Because Barry Bonds' pre-steroid allegations was a Hall of Famer. Skip the last few years of his career. Before any of the allegations, he was already a Hall of Famer. Skip everything else. And to me, he's the biggest dividing line because you can't really argue about what he did before any of that occurred. Even Roger Clemens, you could say, before that occurred was a borderline because there were pitchers like Luis Tiot, Tommy John, Mickey Lulich, the whole cadre of pitchers that are about where Roger Clements was pre-steroid allegations. Barry Bonds is above that level. But I, and Yes, I understand the allegations. He was there before any of them. Get him in. Okay. He's also the least winsome, except for maybe Pete. That's Rowe. the problem. But my point is the Baseball Hall of Fame of allowing that to just sit there and stew, the Baseball Hall of Fame does it give it some not righteous indignation or purity that, hey, we're the Baseball Hall of Fame. We don't just let anybody in. We have higher standards. And so it, it always keeps coming up, those guys. And there's somebody in favor of each. In fact, there's a big constituency for each of those guys to put them in. But I'm convinced they're not going to put Pete Rose in until he dies. Pete Rose's issue is the gambling, which he has now admitted to. And his manager... It became a real issue. Even if he never bet on his team to lose, unless you bet your team to win every one of the 162 games, if you're a savvy bookie and Pete Rose is betting with you 90 games a year for his team to win, and he's not betting those other 72 games, you offload and you bet the Reds to lose on those games. Did he manage any differently on games that he bet to win rather than betting to lose? Pete Rose has more major league hits than any other person who ever lived. And Rose was, pre-Ricky Henderson, probably the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. And again, there's the dichotomy. There's the Pete Rose, the player, who is a first ballot, 100% Hall of Famer, unanimous. And there's Pete Rose, the person who, yeah, goofed up. The cardinal sin of baseball. It's in every clubhouse that you can't bet on baseball. But I'm just saying, but does the Hall of Fame itself 
get a benefit in some way of being strict that people respect it. That if you get in the Hall of Fame and you've run that gauntlet and you've been voted in, that's what we're saying. That the Hall of Fame has a mystique that the other sports don't have. Alex Karras, Paul Horning, both those guys bet on football. And they were kicked out of the league for a year. They were suspended both for the all season. They're both in the Hall of Fame. Okay, basketball. Connie Hawkins might have been implicated. At some, point. he was cleared. He won a lawsuit. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody else because I'm just. But Roger Brown was implicated too at the same scandal. He never filed a suit, but he also became an ABA superstar that got in, and he never did go to the NBA. Great but player. Sure. But that shows that baseball has treated this issue different and and more conservatively. That I guess that's what I'm getting at. For, yes, for like baby boomers, it's very conservative. And when you talk to different generations, they say, "What's so bad about that?" But one of the issues today versus yesterday is: Look, how often do you watch TV and you see a DraftKings advertisement or any of these other gambling things? And the players don't know all the rules about how they can and can't gamble off their phones. They're gambling from their phones. They may not be gambling on the sport. They may be gambling on college basketball in the NFL camp, which you're not supposed to be doing. I think that's where some of these people get it, where when you and I were younger, gambling in sports, it existed, but there was no official match. Now they're all corporate sponsors of the leagues, and that throws some people off. And the Hall of Fame has taken a stand basically saying, Pete Rose, you gambled on baseball. You're not getting in. So I think you're right. There is that higher standard to some extent. And that makes the Baseball Hall of Fame seem more exclusive. It's hard to get into any of these Hall of Fames, but maybe there's an additional cut that baseball has historically, and they're sticking to it. And and maybe in our lifetime, they'll loosen it up, but not in some of these players' lifetimes, perhaps. So thanks, Rich. That was a fun conversation.